ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Tucker Rath, welcome to ATV Talk or welcome back to ATV Talk. I had an episode with you and your dad on. How are you, young man? I'm doing awesome. I'm happy to be here and uh, looking forward to uh, having some good conversations tonight. That's awesome. But thank you for spending some time. I know you guys work hard there and it gets a little late uh, when we tape some of these episodes for you guys. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Awesome. Hey, we talked a little bit before we stopped, before I pushed the record button about your mom, your mom sat down and said hello. And uh, I really appreciate it. She's, she's an amazing lady, especially putting up with all you guys, you know, and uh, taking care of your needs all your life. Um, But that being said, I wanted to, I I didn't want to start here, but because we had that conversation, I want to go and ask you straight up, being that you're the son of a legend involved in the same sport, what's it like? Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> um, I guess as far as how I view my dad's status um, in racing, um, you know, when I sit back and think about it, you know, yeah, like it, it takes, you know, it takes me back a little bit. Like, you know, this is, like you look at other sports, you know, if I look at like uh, snowcross or um, even like, you know, MX or supercross, you know, like a lot of those guys are, you know, they have kids or they have really young kids. And it's you, I, day to day. I don't it doesn't, you know, cross my mind, you know, that my dad's this or that or, you know, it's 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 me and my dad. You know, I, it, I, it's just to me, just a regular guy or, I, you know, it's hard to explain, um, but you know, at races and stuff, it's really, really recognizable. Um, we go to races and first of all, we see all our parts and stuff on there, but just like the, the people he knows, just how many people he knows and how many people know him. Um, it blows me away. Uh, it's, it's really incredible. It is, isn't it? It is. I, I, uh, I still get a little starstruck when, people come into the shop that know my dad and have had my dad do things and he's there and they, my dad looks, you know, my dad remembers some people, but he's 86 years old. Think of all the thousands of people he's dealt with. He he doesn't remember everybody. He remembers some of the jobs, but not Mm -hmm. the people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, my dad's getting to that point too. You know, there's people that he'll remember their face. He'll remember, you know, working with them or whatever it was, but he won't remember their name. You know, that's something he struggles with his names. He definitely struggles with names, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's such a, it's such a wide range of people, Uh, such a, just the, it's people you wouldn't expect and people you do expect or do expect and then everything in between. Exactly. Exactly. I, I love it. But 
let's since since you got that out of the way and we don't have to talk about it let's let's talk about tucker wrath and um tt racing like uh current standings right now it's uh just just tt racing in general um how long have you been doing it um i've been doing tt um since i was on a 90 so i'd say about you know i think about that 10 10 11 age or a little bit younger um i started on a 50 and then that was all motocross up until you know we transferred over almost full time to the tt um started on you know like i said a mini and slowly but surely worked my way up uh, as i got bigger i could ride a bigger quad uh, went from a 90 to uh uh 300 uh and that was a big jump for me actually yeah from a 90 to a 300 we tried to build an 85 uh hybrid mod didn't like it didn't want to ride it wanted nothing to do with the power band didn't like the two stroke um and then went to a 250 dirt bike hybrid after that in a 450 chassis um, rode that for two years and then went on the 450 and I started, I think on the 450 and a, if I'm not mistaken, uh, raced that for one year and then jumped up into pro and pro am. How old were you when you went into the pro class? I think my first full season running pro, I was 17 or 16. And, and your dad raced, you raced against your dad. Oh yeah. Every race, every weekend. It went from me, uh, you know, if I hopped in the pro-am at, you know, like a more small local event to every night, every, every, everywhere we went, we were going to be competing one way or another, no matter what. Really? So how long did it take you to beat him? Um, I think, I guess that, uh, I beat him back at, I beat him at Heydays. That's a, that big snowmobiling swap meet here in Minnesota. It tracks a ton of people. They had, a. um, Terracross in there in the past and they had us race their tt i beat him there but that was more for show you know we were trying to put on a show for all the crowd there and that's kind of what we were there to do um i beat him actually i mean the first one would have been this past season uh, where i actually had won i'd placed in front of him before that but you know with i mean you know how racing is with you know all the different conditions on the track whether it's you know lap traffic or you got a really bad start um there was a lot of times I finished in front of him that I didn't consider beating him. So I felt like I actually hadn't raced him. Uh, I mean, I, I've been really picky about that with myself. So I'd say this past season when I actually had won and he got third, I think that'd be the first time I beat him. So, didn't you, didn't you whole shot it? I whole shot that race uh, and he was in second and I led the whole race start to finish. So I truly knew that when he was in second and I was still getting away from him, I knew that I was beating him. So that was, that was really satisfying for me. That was something, you know, that I'd really wanted to achieve. And that was, I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, just a better race. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what caught my eye. And I watched uh, some videos on that and it was, it was pretty cool. And I just thought that it was amazing that you got to race with your dad and, uh, um, I never got to race against my son or with my son like that. And I, it's just special. Um, you know, my dad as well, uh, we were into dirt track motor motorcycles a little bit and we got to go do some practice days and things like that, but he was a little too old to, to ride uh, aggressively, but he, at least he, he got out there and did some laps. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. And you know, it's something I was definitely really fortunate that I'm doing, I still get to do and that I've, I've done. Um, um, is your season over? Yeah. Um, our last race was here, uh, early September, uh, that closed out United dirt track series, uh, first year for that and, uh, Sioux Valley cycle club series in the same weekend. Um, and how did you do for the year? Um, I won, I won pro-am in Sioux Valley cycle club and I got second in pro, um, United dirt track. I think I finished fourth in pro-am points and further back in pro, uh, had a couple of struggles this year. Uh, learning the, is it the evolution of the setup, something that goes on or are the tracks changing? Um, yeah. So, uh, this year, as far as, I mean, Sioux Valley, um, we just had some really odd weather this year, um, up here in the Midwest, uh, you know, here at home, we had like a record drought. So uh, we went, you know, a lot like we went, had really dry tracks and really tacky tracks just all in between. 
Um, and that, I mean, my soup fall finishes were really consistent because I love that. I mean, I'm just comfortable on that track. But for United, we went to uh, Hutch as well as Fort Dodge, Iowa. So uh, those were Hutch changes every year. Every year we've made it because it gets torn down afterwards. And then Fort Dodge was a brand new track. Um, so I struggled there a little bit. And then Hutch was really hooked up this year. And I'm still working on, you know, figuring out how to set the bike up for myself, how to communicate, you know, to myself. I, f- I know what's happening with the bike, but I have to recognize it and, um, you know, really see what it is and then what I can do to, you know, fix it. Is how much... Uh, how much counseling do you get from your dad? Um, I, I mean, we're talking all the time when we're at the track, you know, the track's doing this, track's doing that, uh, what we should do. But um, as far as me coming up with, you know, those things on my own, he's definitely a haunt. I mean, he's tenfold what I can do when it comes to that stuff. You know, he's just got that knowledge. Um, and I think on these, you know, these past couple of years, he kind to try to take a step back. He wanted me to, you know, he's trying to push me to learn more because if he sits and, you know, I tell him to do this, that, and he sets up the bike, you know, at the end of the day, I might be doing good on the track, but I don't know why I'm doing really good on the track because he did it for me. And that's something that I wanted, you know, to understand for myself. Um, definitely helps me. I mean, I can't deny that one bit. I mean, he shares quite a bit with me. So um, just great to have how much testing do you get to do on your own? Like when you build, uh, build new parts or, or make something for a customer's machine. I, I know that there's a, a, an area that you guys do some testing. How much of that do you get to do on your own? Um, as far as testing and stuff, um, if there's something like, uh, you know, shocks and stuff, I do a lot of, uh, if we're, you know, we tried uh, different shock brands and stuff like that, different setups, different springs. Um, that, you know, we're really, really lucky. We have a, a little practice track right at the RAS shop, and that's where our race bikes are throughout the year, um, throughout the summer, uh, during the season. So um, I can I can clock out and I can go and ride. Um, not always my f- first thing I want to do after a day of work, but it's definitely available to me. Um, so if we're working on something right at the shop, you know, we can switch things out and go and ride. Um, so I get to test quite a bit. Um, I don't really test products though. That's, uh, that's definitely something that the old man does because again, he has that knowledge. So if it's doing something different, he's going to either notice it more than me, or he's going to know exactly what it is and why it's doing it. Um, just, uh, like for example, like we've done some swing arms and stuff and, uh, he definitely can go out and say, oh, this feels really good or this, you know, that way. And I'll be like, well, it's different, but I don't know really like how different and what direction we're going. Um, it's just, you know, that knowledge thing. Well, it's time spent, you know, you need to go out there and put a couple thousand laps in, uh, to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got a, he's got a lap counter. I think, uh, over the past like two summers, he's put in like close to 5,000 laps, practice laps. It's he's, but he just loves it and he loves to learn. I know he, he, it's fun for him. It's a challenge. He wants, you know, to make things better all the time. I I wish I could test more, but there's I'm too busy working on the stuff to 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 test it all the time. And my body doesn't allow me to uh do much off-road riding. I don't know how I would do on a TT track, but physically I I I just can't do it. My shoulder will pop out if if I throw it in too hard i could pop my shoulder out either direction turning right or left so I, I just have to be careful what i do you know yeah battle scars man it's just it's hard on the body the sport definitely is well i the biggest advice i could give you is if you get injured go to the doctor you know yeah. i mean don't don't wait 10 years yeah no i uh, i actually see uh i see a chiropractor uh regularly uh at first, uh, I went in because I'd had a back, you know, just really tight back uh, from one get off I had. And uh, they uh, brought me in like pretty rapidly there for a little bit. And uh, now I go there every three weeks. Uh, it keeps my back and, you know, nice and check. Uh, it actually really has helped me. And I'm only, well, I just turned 20. Uh, I'm only 20. So it's it's something I realized it, it definitely helps and it's important. I've been seeing a chiropractor since I was eight. and And I love it. It's just... I don't get to go as often as I want to or need to now, 
but gosh, it just feels so good. So good when you're put back in place. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred that's it's, I look forward to it and, you know, for being something in the field that it is in, you know, just healthcare, it's just, uh, it's rare, but I genuinely do enjoy it and appreciate it. Um, if you listen to the podcast, one of the ads is for body evolution, which is, okay. is my chiropractor. So awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm happy they're helping out. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Doc is great. And then I go train with her husband. Uh, we do like, um, circuit training. Uh, that's not really, it's not CrossFit, but it's, it's, it's a, a different style of body training. You know, we do some weights, we do some, uh, bodies, your, you know, where you just use your body weight for the, for the exercises. Those, I hate those days because they always hurt. Yeah. One, one way or another, it's going to kick your ass, right? It's, it's there. You know what? For some reason, I like it. Have the heavier the day, the better for me. I enjoy it more. But on the days when it's just your body weight, oh, they're just miserable, man. It just kills me. I, I, I don't get it. You know, I'll carry that hundred pound ball up them stairs all day long if that's what you want me to do. Just don't make me do the bridge. Don't make me beat myself up. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. So when you're out riding. Um, do you race at all without your dad there or, or is it always with dad? Um, only racing I've done uh, where my dad wasn't there was snowmobile stuff this past winter. Uh, I have not ever gone actually, well, not, I've never gone alone um, on my own being, you know, older now. I went, I think once here to like just some local race here in Minnesota, I went with some close family friends, uh, the Dostals, and it was cause my dad wasn't going for uh whatever reason I don't remember but uh they brought me with them in their trailer and uh but very very rare uh there was a time actually this past summer um where one of the races got rescheduled the next weekend and we didn't think we'd make it uh my parents had plans uh I had plans for that weekend because you get your race schedule for the year and you got a weekend off usually you make plans on that weekend so um I actually stayed at home and he decided to go to the track because he was chasing points and he just wanted to be there um, he was actually at the track and I texted him. I asked him, you know, what the weather was like, how it was going. And then I just told him, I said, it feels really weird not being at the racetrack with you. Cause he goes to the race. I'm going to the race with them or racing together. You know, it's, it's, I've gotten into such that groove. Um, it felt like just weird not to be there. And I ended up actually driving down and making it like, I think 20 minutes before, uh, heat started and, uh, made it just in time and still race for that weekend. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. I love to hear stories like that. Let's get into a little bit of the machine that you ride and talk me through some of the modifications that you've made to make that machine work for you. Um, so we, uh, I'm currently running a, I think it's a 08, uh, it's an 06 plus TRX 450 frame. Uh, it has a 2018 Husqvarna FC 450 power plant. Um, that was actually made for my dad. The bike originally was, um, since then, you know, we've switched out the suspension and, uh, put a shorter swing arm on it when I started riding it. Other than that, we've just done some really fine tuning with, uh, you know, the shocks, uh, put a different spring on the back, a lighter spring. So it was still a little bit too heavy for me. Um, and really, like I said, I've been this year, I've been focusing on like the suspension setup, uh, sway bar setup, uh, just, uh, you know, tires are something that I really, I, I also struggle with. Uh, so I've been testing different tires here at the shop, just Hooters, um, try tracks, you know, try and try tracks in dry condition uh, as well as, you know, what can we do with an RD 20 tire? Um, but as far as physical parts on the bike, uh, it, it's really interchangeable. Uh, you know, the arms and stuff, it's all, it's almost all the same as exactly what my dad rode. And he, uh, usually rides bike set up for a 180, 190, and I'm 160 pounds. So it's almost universal. Um, it was just really uh, time on the chassis, actually, because I was away from uh, the TRX chassis for two years leading up to that. What did you ride before? Uh, I ran a YFZ, so the non or the, the car rated model uh, of the Yamaha with a also 2018 Husqvarna motor in it. Um, that was the first hybrid I rode. And that was the one that I almost beat my dad on 
uh, two years ago, or actually it was three years ago already. Uh, it was a, my brother's four-wheeler, and I just uh, hopped on his, and I did really, really good on it. So that's what we ended up building one for me and uh, rode that for the past two years. But now we're trying to get away from those older chassis because they're just getting beat up. And you do you prefer the Honda chassis over the Yamaha chassis? Truly, uh, over the YFZ, I do. Um, and that's because also, you know, I rode that TRX before going to the hybrid. I rode the true TRX. Um, and so I had already had more, you know, about the equivalent amount of time, just not, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, it's just it, my mind is changing. So, uh, getting used to back used to that Honda, I'm definitely more comfortable than I think I ever was on that Yamaha just after this one season on it. Um, truly enjoyed that bike this year. Well, that's awesome. Is, is all of the normal radiator componentry steering stem, all that stuff is in the normal spot. Yeah. Um, only thing we change is, uh, you know, uh, in the back, we're just really, um, as long as like the motor we can clear, you know, we're trying, my dad pays really, really close attention to that center of gravity. So he wants that motor really centered. And we also try to tuck them down and back a little bit. Um, uh, as far as radiator, uh, the TRX, actually, we drop our radiators down and we even do that before going to the hybrid. Uh, we just lower the radiator. I think it's an inch or two, uh, just to get it more airflow. Um, but other than that, it's, uh, it's all the same. Doesn't it give you better CG too, to get the weight of the radiator lower? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it helps. Um, and I, you know, I, there's, it's all calculated. It's all for, there's nothing on there. That's not for no reason. So do you guys build custom subframes to, to lower them as well? Yeah. So, uh, we make, I know for the Hondas, at least for sure, uh, like on mine, we, uh, make the custom subframes, uh, aftermarket and they'll have a spot where you can, it's, it can go lower. Um, and then you also have a three, I think it's three different settings. It also, you can lower your seat as well. So you're lowering down into the chassis even more. That's pretty cool. And you sell all of those modifications to the general public that wants to set their bike up similarly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, almost everything that we run on our four wheelers, uh, are, is available to the general public. Um, if it's not, it's cause something that we're not, you know, we have not for sure. We want to release to the general public just for reasons that, you know, if it's not worth, you know, making this part, or if it's not doing what it's supposed to, as well as it's supposed to, we won't, you know, we won't sell it. Um, and if it is something custom where it's not like, okay, well, we're not going to manufacture these cause there ain't, you know, there's not a market for this specific thing, not enough. Um, you know, we really try to work with all our customers. Um, if they want something custom or different, we, you know, we really try to give them what they want exactly. That's pretty cool. So if I have a Honda and I don't want to put a Husky motor in it, can I run that Honda motor with your, with all the same components? Yeah. Yeah. Um, our hybrid four wheelers, I mean, as far as, you know, um, chassis wise, I mean, we're, like I said, we're really only putting in motor mounts, you know, cause the motor mount locations just aren't the same. Um, we touch very little else of the chassis. I mean, you look at our four wheelers and it looks just like a Honda. Um, if you weren't, you know, too much of a four wheeler guy and you, you didn't really notice the engine, I guess that's, I mean, it's pretty hard to miss, but, or if you didn't know what it was, you, you would just think it's a Honda. Um, it, all our parts are perfect if you wanted a hybrid or if you didn't want a hybrid. That's pretty cool. And and do you do any of the same type of, mod, uh, excuse me, the same type of modifications for a Yamaha chassis? Like, like, like if let's say I have a, a 2020 Yamaha R, can I put a hybrid motor in there with your mods? So, um, yeah, I mean, as if, if it's something brand new, um, we have people call and ask, you know, for things that we don't necessarily make, um, on like a manufacturing setting, but, um, a lot of the times it's like, okay, well, if we can get our hands on one of these things to actually make parts, cause that's how we make most of our parts is we, you know, we take the actual machine itself and build a part right off of it and then jig that so we can keep making it. Um, almost everything that we have, you know, readily available is going to be right on our website. Um, if you don't see it on our website, um, don't be afraid to call and ask. Cause we, like I said, we're really willing to work with people to try to make, you know, what they want happen. How much, how much in, in the development and the manufacturing are you involved? 
Um, I haven't, you know, a lot of the things that we're working with now are, you know, years and years old. Um, you know, our Honda jigs and all that stuff. I haven't really helped develop too much stuff. Um, as far as fabricating uh, at the shop, that's something I'm definitely just starting to step into. I'm definitely more of, uh, uh, it's almost, uh, it's, I don't want to say assembly line, but where, you know, I'm building, you know, I'm building Nerf bars that we've been building forever, but I'm building them from start to finish. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, but so, so you're building production parts. Yeah. Yeah. Better way to say than assembly line. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad, yeah. Better word for it. Um, uh, one of our welders that's been with us for a really long time, uh, Alex Kunkel, he's kind of our head guy. Um, definitely the most experienced with the stuff at the shop and, uh, him and our machinist, uh, they definitely, you know, work the most with my dad on that stuff. Those guys are really, really smart, really good at what they do. Um, and you know, watching, uh, I call, we, we call him Kunkel at the shop. We just call him, we don't call him Alex. We just call him Kunkel. Uh, watching him work and he's definitely showing me things already at the shop you know how he does certain things and it's just it's different but it it, it all makes sense and uh it, i think i can learn a lot from him and i hope i do I, I i really would like to be able to do what he does for us that's excellent do you get to work with some of the fab stuff that your dad does oh yeah all, i mean all a lot of those projects i'm a lot more involved in um i'm not so much on the actual you know maybe uh leading side of it but uh, like just this earlier this week, I was, uh, we're making a, a pulling, a pulling tractor. And I, uh, was there helping put together the, um, the roll cage or uh, yeah, it's a cage. And I also welded that from start to finish too. So. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. You're getting, you're getting a, uh, business education, uh, and skills for life. Yeah. All through the family business. Yeah. Yeah. From, from my dad. It's, it's cool. Ah, uh, trust me, dude. I, I grew up working with my dad too. I love it. I love it. I, 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 we just did a show with one of the writers, one of the very first writers or, or if not the first, one of the very first writers that he supported when he was a young man, uh, building, uh, XR 75s. You probably don't know what those are, but, um, and that that young man got to talk about some of the things that my dad did. And I just looked at him and I go, that's where I got that from. That's why I stay up late or get up early and go out in the garage and and work on people's stuff, you know, even when I'm not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just there's so much there to be learned, uh, so much to be taught. It's just cool. Uh, yeah. You never stop learning. Never. So briefly let's get off track here for a second tell me about that uh pulling tractor um so uh i think you i think i don't know if he's talked about it for sure but you know his no uh, not at his, all his uh his dad has a background uh or yeah, has a background in pulling tractors that's what he grew up around as a kid um and uh for the longest time we've we, we have one of the two his uh sister so my aunt has the other one they just split them and uh He's been pulling that, you know, on and off because uh, it's just something that he enjoys to do because it kind of, you know, reconnects him with his dad. And uh, um, there was this tractor that his dad had talked about doing. Um, it maybe wasn't so uh, such a reality or so easy, as easy to do as it is for us today. So uh, he's building a, a V8 Gertie motor uh, 410 pulling tractor running off uh, menthol or methanol. Uh, 800, I think it's 800 square, almost 800 horse, horsepower and foot pound torque square. Things just, just nasty. He's making a mini rod. So he's got the, I think the first pull, we have to have it done by the 13th of January. So we've been thrashing on that and all the free time we have. Uh, I haven't, I think I've been at the shop every day this week so far until seven, seven thirty. So we're just, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to get it done. We're going to, we're going to make it, but, uh, it's something his dad, his dad had wanted to do. And I just, I think it's awesome that I get to be a part of it. So. That's so cool. That's awesome. I didn't mean to take us off track. Um, but that, that's going to be great. You need to send me some pictures of that. I want to see it. Oh, I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll be teasing it around a lot. It's going to, I think it's going to turn out awesome. So do I. 
your dad built some really cool stuff. Have you guys gotten much into the three-wheeler, the new three-wheeler craze at all? What, uh, what new three-wheeler craze? What do you mean? What new three-wheeler craze? There's three to five companies building three-wheelers out of the modern day four-stroke stuff um, where they convert them from a motorcycle to a three-wheeler. A motor. Well, I guess, I mean, we've done, uh, we built that Husqvarna three-wheeler. Um, other than that, we, we've, we've done some, we've done, you know, Lenny, we've done all sorts of cool stuff. It's, it's, it's hard just to pick at them. We did, I know we took a 2018 Husqvarna uh, and we originally, that's one of the motors we had for one of our four wheelers. And we actually ended up, you know, my dad was just going to sell the chassis separate, you know, have the brand new bike. So it's a brand new motor, no time on it. And then sell everything else that we didn't need. And he couldn't get what he wanted. And I remember him sitting there thinking, oh, he's, <coughs> excuse me he's like let's build a trike and he chopped the rear end off or not chopped it off but made it work excuse me i gotta get something to drink um no problem i'm gonna pause okay okay we're back um you okay tucker you good yeah, we're, all, we're all good all right excellent so you took that chassis for that 2018 husky and your dad turned it into a three-wheeler yeah yeah so uh he just you know had the idea and committed to it um kind of did the same process you know as we do for our hybrids just took a little bit extra steps to make that you know a dirt bike frame fit with a rear end that would work for making it into a trike um and we thrashed to get that thing done again you know it was something that he had set a certain deadline for and you know we weren't gonna miss it um, and that was for the 50th of Ashtabula. And we loaded that thing up, you know, with a lot of raw parts on it. Still, it had fresh welds and um, went out there and raced. Um, and that thing was just, it was wicked. I mean, we we brought it home and, you know, did our finishing touches and got everything painted, put some MX tires on it for a dirt wheel shoot. And I rode it after that. And I mean, I could not do a start without getting the, like the front end would just come straight up, had so much power. Remember at Ashtabula, he would be coming down the front straightaway, shifting from fourth to fifth, and that thing would pick the front end up, going down the straightaway. And he's just, and it was just wild. So much power for a three wheeler, and you know, so, so light. How how did that? How did he end up? He actually finished. Um, I think he finished third, uh, third overall in the pro trike. Uh, never ridden it before we got there or anything. Uh, we were really, really, really happy. And there were so many guys there. I, I don't know if you saw some of the coverage from there, but that there was just so many people there. I, I can't remember the number that was in his class, but it was it was insane. Yeah, my brother and I were supposed to go and we just we just could not manage it, you know. It was just one of those things where uh it just it, we just couldn't make it happen. It was, mm -hmm. it was a bummer, but you know, I would have loved to have been there. Um so you that's the only three-wheeler that you guys get involved with or have gotten involved with because um, there's like i said there's three to five companies out there um one guy's building complete frames and putting the the you know, motorcycle motors in them or whatever motor you want in them um and then there's a couple, a couple other companies doing the conversions yeah um as far as uh business side you know um of selling something or making a product for it uh, we haven't, we haven't really stepped into that too wildly. And I think, I think that's cause you know, it would, it's just that I think takes a lot of commitment to do something like that and make it right. Um, as well as, you know, it probably would take quite a bit to make. Um, so I think that's kind of why we haven't gotten there or gone there. And I think it's not, um, necessarily something that we need to do as a company. And I think that's kind of where, you know, we're just kind of trying to stay, um, stay afloat if you if you would i guess uh you know we're trying to stay ahead of what we already have for you know a workload and uh selling something you know adding something that you're selling only adds more work to be done to a certain extent so um but it's awesome that people are doing that i, I think that's really really cool that you know people are keeping them alive really do you have you ridden many three-wheelers other than just that husky i haven't ridden many um just a couple little like ATC 70s I've ridden, um, ridden that Husky. I rode my dad's 200X a little bit at home, a very, very small amount. Um, to be honest, man, they, they scare me. 
Uh, <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of why maybe he still enjoys it because it's just kind of that fine art, but just not not a lot of ride ride time on them. Do you think that if you spent time on a three wheeler on a TT track, it would help your skill set? I don't doubt it. Like you said, you know, you're always learning. Um, I don't know maybe exactly what it would teach me. Maybe a little bit more center <coughs> center of gravity. Um, and a few other things, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you what it would be, but I think it definitely wouldn't hurt me it, if I didn't hurt myself riding one. I, I give a little tip away. If, if I'm going to go train, I haven't had the device to do it, but if I'm going to go teach people how to ride, I'm going to talk to them about, you know, getting on a three-wheeler and just doing figure eights. Yeah. Uh they're so different from you know i've ridden a dirt bike and i've ridden my four wheelers it, it, you know you're thinking like oh it's right in the middle but it's just it is something it, it is its own animal you know the three-wheeler as a whole and and the body english you know you learn the body english and then the body english isn't the same on a four-wheeler but it teaches you to move more and i think that's something that has been lost in some of the four-wheeler riders is the movement yeah yeah you see those guys like i know it actually be like i watch those races and you see how those guys ride and it's just it's it's something else you know the when you're especially to you know attack a corner and like flat track you know those guys are just completely off the side of those machines just committed 100 percent. and and they're doing they're compensating for not having that other outrigger out there. And that's something that you watch the four-wheeler guys, especially the young guys, no offense. They don't, they don't move. No, I mean, it's, it's something you see in our, like in our pictures, you know, I'm looking at pictures afterwards of the events and you see my dad, you know, leaning way, way over the edge or something, or some younger guys even, but you can definitely see in the field of guys, you know, a lot of us are younger and you can see just the range of motion that some of us have. And like the other ones, you know, stiff as a board on top of the four. It, it, it is kind of a cool concept that, you know, a lot of people don't realize is even there. Right. And I think your, your chassis set up for somebody that doesn't use their body for part of the adjustment is harder. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think when you're using your body to, to try to manhandle the machine, you're definitely using the components that you adjust, I think, a little bit more. So if, you, if you're comfortable doing that and you change something, and all of a sudden you're doing those same motions because that's just, you know, you're, it's you know, repetition and it feels different all of a sudden for better or for worse, you, you, know, you know where it's coming from. Exactly. You know, I use this term a lot, and you're, you're going to get it. The best dinos in the seat of your pants. You know, it, it, it feels every bump. It feels every portion of the throttle, the rev, the vibration, you know, and if you're in tune to your machine, whether it be chassis work or tuning, you know, your tuning fork just goes off and you make the adjustment and ride it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you get to know the machine so well that you know, like you notice. Um, and like that, like I said, that was kind of what I was trying to say earlier. You know, when you can take the the communication from your body and truly translate that in your brain, you know, to as to what and why, um, you you can really start to dial these machines in. And I think that's kind of where my dad's at, and that's where I would like to be because having that knowledge is definitely a powerful thing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Do you race with uh, your brothers? Um, my uh, second oldest brother, uh, Jared, uh, he actually raced with us this year and last year. Uh, my oldest brother doesn't race. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. He raced with us this year. For the, He took a really long break. I'm sorry. Just um, it's weird to think that he does because uh, for when we were younger, he rode with us and stuff, you know, um, went to a couple cross countries. I know that was during that time era that my dad was doing the, the GNCCs. Um, and he went to, I think, one or two of those with my dad. Never really got into it. Um, 
had fun with it um, and then stepped away for, for the longest time. Uh, when he graduated high school, you know, he kind of pursued his career. And uh, now he's come back and he doesn't, he doesn't you know, uh, he's not chasing titles or anything, but he just enjoys it, you know, does it casually. Um, and then my closest uh, brother to me, uh, he uh, doesn't really, not too involved with it. Uh, nothing against it, just not his thing. You know, just, I guess you can't go four for four. Uh, so. No, no. And it, you know, it, it, it is, it is cool. My son loves it, but he chose a path in life and they, it, they don't, they don't join, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I, get it. I totally get it. I can't see myself doing anything else, but this, um, it would be scary not to, uh, be involved. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with either decision you make. Um, I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to have to be making decisions like that in the near future, whether, you know, I go this way or that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure where I stand on anything, you know, but I still enjoy the hell out of it. And I'm sorry for now. You know, if, if you look at racing in a in the real perspective, racing is fun. I mean, yes, we may race in the pro class, but what are you racing for? A couple hundred bucks and a trophy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not doing it. You're not doing it to make a living. No, nope. most of us ain't. <laughs> no, because you're riding a twenty five thousand dollar quad for two hundred bucks and a trophy. Hmm. I mean, tri- putting lots and lots of time into those and traveling and all that. You know, yeah. driving a truck too, but. You, you're doing it because you you like to do it i mean why does anyone do anything you know it's just what we do it's for the love of the sport man mm-hmm. just for the love of the sport and and uh i i think that um work and real life get get in the way of that you're mm-hmm. still really young look at look at how old your dad is and he's still riding he's still competing and he's still competitive mm-hmm. uh, and look at you know Bo Barron, forty-one years old, nine-time champion, World Off-Road Championship Series, unbelievable. You know Doug Eichner was in his forties when I think I think he raced his last professional race uh, when he was forty-nine. Could have been forty-eight. I, I don't remember exactly. Unbelievable. You know, I mean that that's that's old, but just and he was still competitive. Um, yeah. Chad Weenan, thirty-seven years old, beating the young the young bucks uh in, in the motocross series uh, you know you you have chris borich and he's fairly old i i don't know exactly but he's in his in his upper 30s you know been a multi-time champ so you have many many years to go in your sport so you don't have to make that decision today you can step away for a day or two and come back and and continue yeah. Yeah. And it, it's not, it, you know, those decisions aren't permanent, but you know, like you said, you know, things get in the way and that's just, that's reality. I mean, um, growing up, you know, I definitely realized that, it, you know, if it is something that I never take a break from or anything that, that the day's going to come where I'm going to have to, you know, finance a lot more of this stuff. You know, it's going to be, you know, I sit back and look at the cost now and, you know, it, it becomes reality when you, you start to learn the value of a dollar i guess that's the way i think of it you know as you actually get you know get through like where i am at for age um that's you know it takes you got to be committed i mean you're like this is what you want to do so you're going to do it but it it's not it's not the cheapest thing to do at all it's far from and uh you gotta love it and i think that's the thing i think you gotta truly love it if you want to do it because otherwise it's not worth it right I agree. I want to ask you a couple more questions. If, if today, I mean, you're committed, you're racing, you're, that's the path that you're going to go on. And this is just to, so that I can lead into the question I want to ask. What do you do if you're racing and they outlaw the hybrids and it's, you have to use a production chassis and production motor? Um, well, if that's if that ever were to become true, I think I would go right back to actually I'd take that back. I wouldn't go back to anything. I think I would get on a Yamaha. 
And I say that because like we had talked about a little bit earlier, you know, I'm, I don't, and I've never ridden really a Yamaha chassis competitively or YZR, not why not the older Yamaha, but the new one, but they're the only ones still, you know, doing it, still making bikes, still making new chassis. You know, you're not riding on a 20 year old beat up frame or a 15 year old beat up frame, you know, and I think, you know, that there's potential that they could make it. I don't know. I, that's where we would go. I think we'd have to end up going to Yamaha because that's just kind of what's still coming out. And I think people are starting to realize, you know, the potential they have. Um, it would suck if they, you know, if they banned them, you know, given all of the, the, the conditions of the current manufacturers for ATV, uh, sport ATVs. But I think that's the route we would end up going. Do you think it would lessen the cost for racing if, if you had to do that? For us or just in general? In general. Um, it's hard. Um, I mean, a new Yamaha, like say if that's what they were out, you wanted to go, say you went and bought a new one. I, I mean, they're they're up there in cost for just a stock, you know, run-of-the-mill YZR. Ten grand. Yep. And you so say you got ten grand into it and the final ten grand, well – you got a stock Yamaha with stock wheels, with stock tires, with stock suspension, with stock arms, stock bumper, stock grab bar, stock nerf bars, subframe, swing arm, sway bar. It, it gets it's expensive, you know. It, it it adds up quick, and then then you you know you know that's not even motor work. We're not even talking motor work yet or any of that. So you, I think you, you could get to fifteen grand in a heartbeat. Yeah. Or I could go on eBay Motors and I could buy a 2018 Husqvarna FC450 for I think they're right around that three. You can get them a little under for there, you know, if you find the you know a good deal. And so you got three into that, and then you go and buy a, a frame. Let's say you buy a, a newer Y. I think the new Yamaha frames are what are they getting from like 2,500? Uh, it might be a little bit more than that. I'm not sure. I haven't priced it, but. So then you, there you got, let's just say you got six grand into a, a, a chassis, you know, just the, just the frame and a motor with the wiring harness and stuff, you know, what you need to make it a hybrid. Um, then you've got $4,000 to get the extra components that we listed off or whatever you need for whatever setup you're doing. And then you still, you know, that's, that's a, cause a lot of that stuff you don't use from the factory. Or you do you can use but if you know to be a i think to be it's fair to say in today's world at least in atvs you to be a pro bike a pro level competitive bike yeah. you have to be running that those kind of components you know it doesn't need to be wrath but you're going to be doing a arms and nerf bars and bumpers and swing arms and all that you know so i think either way it's expensive i, I truly i think the hybrids are arguably cheaper because you get a solid solid horsepower number without doing a bunch of motor work and motor work's expensive there's no joke there <laughs> trust me dude i'm a, I'm a motor company i get it <laughs> i get it. <laughs> it it's astronomically expensive and it's not getting any cheaper um it's getting more expensive because components are harder to get which you're in the manufacturing business you get it oh it's it's rough right now i, I it's what we what we've seen in the past two years, if you, you know, you told us five years ago, we'd, we'd laugh at you that we couldn't get aluminum to make our Nerf bars. We couldn't get tubing, basic tubing, you know, it's, it, it's, it's incredible, but you know, we're making do, you know, and the only thing we can't, we can't change it. We just got to work with it. Right. I, I totally hundred percent agree. You, you, uh, you just deal with the everyday, onslaught of issues that come along with the supply chain problems, whether it be Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, steel, aluminum, chrome, whatever it is, you, you just deal with it that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it is what it is. And either, you know, you got to figure something out or you just give up and usually giving up is not, not an option. So you got to figure something out. It's strange that the amount of companies are shrinking but the amount of work seems to be going up and it's not because of the pies getting smaller. It's because there are more people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, 
I mean, you look around, like, even here in my small hometown, I mean, everywhere's looking for more work. Or, you know, people, like, there's, everyone's got, like, jobs and stuff. And the, it's, like, it's just, it, where we're at right now as a society, and I can't talk a whole lot because, you know, I'm really, I'm young. I don't know what it's been like, really. But just for me, and, you know, what you see from, like, the past through, like, where we're coming up to now, it's just, like, it seems like we're so out in the blue right now. It's, it's, it's odd. It hasn't been well. I don't want to get into that much of it, but uh, it, it 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 hasn't been like this since the seventies. So it, it's kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the struggles we're seeing as uh, just people is it, it's coming back around. It seems like you know, uh, um, but it goes right back to what we were just saying. You know, you gotta you gotta figure it out, and you gotta work with it. Every day is a new day. Yeah, you just tighten your chin strap and and go back to work. Yeah, yeah. Head back down. Keep going. Yeah, because that's all you can do. You know, I mean, uh, develop the parts that you can, make the ones that you can that you can get the materials for. Um, do the best you can with the customer service, and 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 go from there. Uh, it, that, that's just the circle of life, but uh, that's that's not putting us where we want to be on the racetrack or at the races and uh, doing the things that we love. Mm. I got a couple more things for you and then I'll let you go this evening. Um, favorite race. Favorite race. Yeah. Um, it would either have been uh, the prime one. I won in Sioux Valley this year uh, at the beginning of the season or the race that I led the whole race and then got passed by my dad on the last lap in Sioux Valley two years ago. Um, to describe, it's hard to describe the feeling of being up front in a, in a race like that. And to know that your dad's behind you after everything, you know, just everything. I mean, all the stuff he's taught me, all the things that we've done, all the races that we've raced, um, that we've gone to, just everything of this, you know, ATV industry and, uh, it, it came together, you know, for me that night. I mean, that's, that's how I view it. Um, I just, and those, those nights, I mean, I rode in my mind, I rode the best I could that I was capable at that time. Uh, and to have all those goals and all that hard work and everything just accumulate and to have, you know, success or goal achieved is, uh, it makes everything, all of the, the downsides, um, worth it. Yeah. Just without question. It's, it's unweighable. I, I can't describe it. Um, but the, the races themselves, it was just, it, you know, just first of all, you're winning, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the best out of everyone else, you know, at this thing that you, you love so much. Um, and then there's everything that, you know, that's not on the racetrack and all that stuff. It's just everything comes together, you know, and you get uh, a happy ending, if you will. Um, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Yeah. Those are, those memories are, are uh, locked in for sure. Priceless. What did, what did your mom think of it? Um, she was so happy for me that night. I won that. I actually had won this past year or this past season. Um, I actually have it on a, it's on my GoPro um, of when she came up to the podium and we were getting, you know, we were getting ready to take pictures on the podium. She comes up and I just went up and I, you know, I got down on my knee and I hugged her and you can hear it in the video. And I'm just saying, Oh, she's so proud because you know, she, she's not maybe so involved with, you know, when it comes to the testing and practice and stuff, but um, she's definitely uh, a huge support when it comes to everything else. Um, just, you know, at home, you know, whatever it is, even if it's not racing involved, you know, she's definitely a huge supporter, you know, just someone that's always solidly there for me. So um, I think she was truly just happy that night for, for us, you know, for me, my dad you know just us as a family that was that was a a special night for us i bet it was Uh, you know dad's over there bummed that he got third and excited that his son won at all at the same time 
Yeah, and you know exactly what you know exactly what feeling outweighed the other though. Even in that oh. moment, I mean, you just it. I I mean that night he passed me. You know, two years ago and he passed me, right? And I, you know, I got second, and I won. I was leading the whole race. I whole shot and led the whole race for the first time ever. And he snuffed me out of a win, but I was, I was happy at you know just for my performance. Cause I was, I mean, I was, I was 17 when that happened, you know, so that was or 18, sorry, 18 when that happened. So I was just, you know, a little bit younger, but just, uh, I was super happy that I finished right behind him. Cause like I said, you know, I was really, I'm really picky with what I consider beating him or like racing with him, you know, and that night it was me and him one and two. So I, I was truly racing him that night. And then when he passed me on the last lap, yeah, I'd lost to him, but without a doubt, that solidified the fact that he will not let me win. He won't just let, he won't give me a win. I have to beat him. So that's, and that's, and that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I, I, I remember my mom telling me how mad she was like later we were joking about how she was so pissed off because, you know, she went up to my dad and she's like, why wouldn't you just let him have it? And I just, I told her, I was like, mom, I was like, I I'm happy he didn't give it to me because no one, no one can ever, no one can say that, you know, he just, he got out on the track and he let me beat him. He did. He, he, I'm just a competitor out there. Yeah. Maybe he'll give me a little bit more room or maybe he won't try to make something fit, you know, maybe with me a little bit less, but uh, definitely he won't back down and he ain't, he ain't slowing down for me at all. Was it a, was it a setup move where he got you? Um, it was actually in the option lanes at Sioux Falls there. So you got the two main option lanes on the infield of the oval track, um, took different option lanes. And uh, I just, at that point, I mean, I won't lie. I was, I was tired. I remember being just, just, just praying for that white flag to come out. And uh, he just, he had, I think I took the inside option or the first option lane. He took the second one and he was really, really fast in the second one that night. And uh, he just got a great drive on me and just drove right past me going across the finish line when the, the white flag was coming out. So just just got me, man. That was – it's a bittersweet moment there. <laughs> well, it's great that you guys get to work together, you get to race together, and you have a pretty pretty tight bond, it seems like. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely have a, a, a really strong friendship with my dad. You know, we spend a ton of time together, even if it's not just the racing stuff. I mean, we, we, me and my dad could truly just sit down and bullshit for an hour. No problem. Just because, you know, we have the same interests and stuff. We have the same sense of humor and, you know, we're around each other all the time. I mean, I, I at least for a full-time work week, every week. So that's good. <laughs> One last question, and I'll let you go. If you weren't working at Wrath, what do you think you would do? If I wasn't working at Wrath, I would either – I think I'd be welding somewhere else. Um, I, don't, I, I, I don't really know what fields and welding that I've, you know, considered as interesting. I think I would definitely be doing – trying to be doing high-end TIG work because I truly enjoy TIG welding. Um, if not welding – um, I think I would be in the technological side of something. Um, I truly do like cinematography. Um, you know, I just something that I've enjoyed. I mean, I take some of the videos we do at Wrath. I hate editing. I hate, I'm not an editor. I'm not a producer, but I enjoy taking and videos and like trying to, you know, just doing that. So it's, it's weird. I know and maybe that sounds completely out of the blue for, you know, uh, a racer's son, but just, uh, you know, I don't really know what, exactly what I would be doing. I think wrath is the reason I enjoy welding because I grew up around it and, uh, have been doing it since I was like 12, but, um, welding is definitely a work to, like, uh, a, a, a job that I actually, I, I, I mean, I don't dread doing it at all. Cause every time I weld, every time I'm sitting there welding something, you know, uh, every time you start up the torch, it's, you can make, you know, you make yourself better. You know, like you said, you're learning every day and I've been doing it for four years and I still am learning every day and I'm getting a little bit better. 
All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. You too. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.